Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. It is so good to be with you this morning. Um, Let's pray. God, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, just for being God. You're so good, Lord, so faithfully kind to us. Thank you, God, that you have cooled down the weather with your cool breath, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for AC. And God, I pray, God, as we are are, uh, such a privilege to open up your word with your Holy Spirit, illuminate the text, God, that we would be changed, that our minds might be renewed, that the soils of our heart, Lord, would be tilled this morning. It would be uh, soft ground, that that when your uh, word goes forth as seed, God, that it would uh, plant deep roots in us in the name of Jesus, that we would be planted uh, in the streams of your living water. God, uh, God, uh, do whatever you need to do. God, if you need to encourage, encourage. If you need to strengthen, strengthen. If you need to correct, correct. If you, God, need to reprove, reprove. Here we are. Would you speak? God, that I would uh, decrease and that you would increase. God, would it would be foolish of me to think that I could do this all by myself or any of me, God, but we're here coming to hear you. And so, God, we're so thankful that you're faithful every Sunday. God, to meet with us because of the opportunity that you've afforded uh, to us by the gracious gift of your son. And so we thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for our sins, that we get to have face to face with you. And so be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, it is, uh, like I said, so good. It's always a privilege to be able uh, to proclaim God's word uh, with you all uh, together. And so... Um, as I was uh, preparing and thinking about what the Lord might have us say, um, it, he really kind of pressed upon my heart to talk about prayer. Uh, and the thing is, uh, if you have gone to church any length of time, you have heard the word prayer. Um, and so with that being said, it's kind of like, well, I can kind of check out if I've been a believer for any length of time. Uh, prayer is just something that you naturally hear. Uh, what else could I know about prayer? Like if you heard prayer, it's like, oh, well, you're talking to who? You're talking to God. Somebody, somebody know. Amen. Come on. I guess we got one person who prays. Maybe not. I guess. Okay. Maybe I need to slow my roll a little bit. But you've heard prayer, but how many of us by a raise of hands would love to have a more deeper and a more effectual prayer life? Oh, okay. Look, okay. So me included. And so, um, as I was, uh, preparing, um, I I was really, um, I think I'm gonna use the word triggered, uh, when I was, um, in in summer school, I was, uh, talking with one of my colleagues and I was uh, praying about something. I was telling her I was praying about something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but she was like, Ooh, that's good. You know, I'm manifesting that too. I said, manifesting. (laughs) What? The man, Prayer and manifesting are not synonyms for each other, okay? So there is a, and this is a new thing because, um, and it's now on like social media. How, how many of you have heard the word manifesting? Yeah, okay. Well, the younger generation definitely knows the word manifesting because manifesting, supposedly what it means is by speaking something and willing it, you're manifesting that thing to be reality. You are meeting the universe halfway to bring about your desires. So you think you are aligning aligning yourself with the universe, but you are allying to yourself that you think that your desires can be met with inside of you. 
So really, I had, I had a moment. I was like, how sad to think that you can look within yourself and manifest good desires as if you know what was best for yourself. But thanks be to God that I, that prayer is not looking inward, but it's looking to the God of the universe that, 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 that really there is a power uh, in prayer, not because of the words that you say, but because of the person that you are directing it toward. And so we need to be careful with this kind of new TikTok, new age spirituality. I'm coming for you today Um, because it could steer us away from the awestruck experience, a meeting with the creator of the universe. And so uh, really, when I think about uh, summer camp and I did go to summer camp, but the Lord faithfully preserved my voice. Hallelujah. So I could be with you this morning. Um, one thing that was so powerful about summer camp, there was a moment uh, where a student came to find me and, and he asked for prayer. And it was really pressed upon my heart that it wasn't my prayer for him that uh, needed to be shared in that moment. But I said, my relationship with God isn't more deeper than yours. And so I believe that you can pray yourself. Uh, and so it was really a powerful moment where I asked him um, to, to pray. And let me tell you, when he went hard in the paint, praying for himself. And I believe that there is just a, a lack of awareness that you think that you need to be on stage with a microphone in order to pray to God, but that someone in the back row who maybe your first time uh, to church was today, that, that if you profess that Jesus is Lord, you have access to the presence of God. And that, that, that is what affords us the ability to talk to the God of the universe. And so um, uh, why is prayer important? This is where we'll start. And uh, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, 17 through 18, this is Uh, what Paul is saying to the church at Thessalonica. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing. Now, many of you, when you hear that, say, oh, Lord, I done missed the mark. I ain't even praying right now. I'm thinking about lunch. What am I going to have, Lord? I'm hungry. Um, we, we think of a pray without ceasing really in a legalistic lens many of the times. But uh, if I ask you, can you put on your relational lens for a moment? And really, this is an encouragement that you have access at all times. That not, it's not about you are supposed to be praying at all times, uh, bowed head, uh, knees on the floor, but it's a posture in which you get to have 24-7 access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's an encouragement, pray without ceasing, that I don't have to wait to a certain time of the day. I don't have to wait until I get to the four walls of a church, but in my bedroom, in my bathroom, in the four uh, doors of my car, I can call out to the God. God of the universe and how I can have a face to face with him. And so this morning, the title of my message is face to face. And the reason why I chose that is because um, this um, Greek word for prayer uh, here in Thessalonians and really uh, in the New Testament is a compound word. The first word in this compound word in the Greek is a preposition um, that means 
toward or face to face. And so uh, many of us, when we think about prayer, we think about his talking to God, which is true. But the reason why sometimes it doesn't sit well with me uh, in our day and age that uh, we can just say talking to God is because we are so inundated. We are so overwhelmed with the ability to talk to whomever, whenever uh, we want. And and what I mean by that is how, how many of you prefer texting over phone call? Don't call me. Text me. So, okay. How many people rather have a phone call? Don't. Okay. Oh, this is different. All right. They're still sleeping. They're still sleeping. But there's many people. There's many people that will prefer and even a phone call. How many of you know? You. I get a phone call. Uh, I don't want to talk to them right now. Um, uh, voicemail. How, how, uh, we thank God for, for voicemail and text messages that we don't have to have read receipts on, but uh, we can reply when we want to. Um, in, in this way, we can say that talking to someone, sending someone a message, there's a lack of intimacy there because we're so inundated with technology. In the same way, we can apply that a lot of times to our prayer life with God that we think that we're sending a text message to God, a prayer, and he's just going to leave us on read. Or that we're sending a voicemail to God and he can answer it when he's not busy or when he has less things on his plate to do. But really, the the idea of prayer in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament, this Greek word, uh, the first word, it means face to face. That I am in right now talking to the Lord in prayer that he is omnipresent. But there is a special meeting place when you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that the sacrifice that he has paid on. On the cross has given you access and privilege to go into the throne room of God. And so it is not like leaving a text message or a voicemail in prayer, but that you are talking face to face with the Savior. And so um, another reason why it can be hard uh, when we say just talking to God is because um, how uh, nowadays um, you can say, you know, I, we're not we're not really official, but we're in the talking stage. What does that mean? Because you in talking, but ain't a lot of communication going on. So that's a, a, just a pause right here. If you're in the talking stage, can you be, clarity is kindness. Can you, can you make your intentions clear, please? All right, amen. That wasn't even in my notes, but that's for somebody maybe online. You needed that word right there. That was, that was the online member that needed that one. Um, but we can, we can be stuck. There's just a lack of clarity and intimacy. And, uh, and when we were like, when we're talking to individuals, we can be so inundated, overwhelmed again with the different mediums to which uh, talking is leisure. But there is a reverence to prayer that I think that we have missed, especially in an American uh, church that when we say talking to God, we don't really know what that means. But when you have the attention, the care, and that the Lord is listening to you, that the God who is outside of time, that is eternal, that has all wisdom, all power, you have his attention. Oh, that should create a holy moment and a reverence for prayer. And so the second word in this compound word for prayer in in first uh, Thessalonians gives us a picture of expressing desire to God and usually with the sacrifice. 
So in the Old Testament, to make a supplication to God would be often accompanied by a sacrifice. In this way, Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. That to bring a request to God, that there is a gap between his holiness and my lack thereof. And that which covers the gap is Jesus every single time. So I come boldly in Hebrews. It says that we come boldly uh, and but humbly to the throne, the uh, the uh, throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy in the time of trouble. And so there is a boldness that is not within myself or my righteous acts, but thanks be to God that he has paid the price for it all and has given me the confidence to come before him that I have the ear of God. And so the second reason why it is important, why prayer is important and powerful is because God listens and answers our prayers. Psalm 66 and 16, this is what the psalmist declares. He says, but truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13, the prophet says, then you will call on me. Well, uh, God is speaking to the prophet. And but this is uh, God saying, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen. Oh, my goodness. So that he, he, he is you have a listening God that he has a listening ear. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence, somebody say confidence, that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, come on somebody, not anything according to his will, he will hear us. So isn't that not amazing that the God who gave man breath, who created the seas, the mountains, the stars, the one who holds all the molecules by the power of his word hears you when you speak to him. That you have the privilege of talking with the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-satisfying God of the universe. Not only do you get to talk to him, but there is a level of care and a level of which he will act on your behalf. So you, you see that uh, in the Old Testament, I'm going to read uh, Exodus 3, 7 through 8. Uh, the, the Lord is um, uh, promising the people of Israel that he's going to bring them out. And this is what he says, um, I believe in a dialogue with Moses. He says, I have indeed seen the affliction of my people in Egypt. So you have a God that sees. I have heard them crying out because of their oppressors and I'm aware of their sufferings. I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And this word here where he says, he says, and I have heard them crying. This word here, Shama in the in Hebrew um, is a word that both means to listen and to obey. And so there was no, there was no other word to say, not just hearing, but doing those two things were tied. And so for the Lord to say, I've heard your cry, it's not to say, oh, I hear them, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm in the middle of doing something in the moment. But he says, I'm going to act on their behalf because I have heard their cry that you, your prayers are powerful because you have a God that not only hears and cares, but does something about it. Oh, 
my goodness today that you have a God that is working on your behalf. So the, the, also the interesting thing is that the Israelites were in this predicament. I mean, predicament is really an understatement. Um, they were in slavery for 400 years uh, because they had rejected the Lord God uh, and were uh, being oppressed because of their um, rejection of God. And yet, as they cried, the Lord hears them graciously. Oh, I think we have a God. I'm so thankful that even in the midst of my mess ups, he can still hear my cry in my afflictions for the things that I did, that I caused. Nobody else caused it. It was me, myself, and I who caused the pain, but yet thank for the Lord that his grace covers and he is able to hear my cry in repentance and the Lord still um, uh, so faithfully cares for you and I. And so uh, one, one of the things that I... Uh, one of the quotes that I've heard that has been so powerful um, in regards to prayer, Max Lucado says that our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Oh. So that it is not about the words that you say, the intense vocabulary, the amount of the decibels of which you pray, but it is the power of God that makes your prayer effective. Mm, 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 mm. And so uh, we're going to look at how the Lord teaches us to pray. And so this is where we'll mainly be uh, for the rest of our time in Matthew 6. Verses 5 through 13. And this is uh, Jesus speaking. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. And they may be, that they may be seen by others. I'm going to just pause there for a moment and say that you shouldn't be praying to be seen, but you should be seen praying. Meaning that Jesus was not anti-pray out in public because we see him in John chapter 17 praying uh, in public as he has raised Lazarus from the dead. And before he goes uh, to uh, Jerusalem for the crucifixion, uh, one of the greatest, meatiest prayers that we still are uh, benefiting from today. Jesus prays publicly many of times, but what he's saying is that don't get uh, caught up in praying for people's approval. But that really, he, he's, go, he's going to say, instead of doing that, truly I say to you, they have received their award because they have gotten praise from people. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And really, again, it's not a condemnation or a legalistic thing, uh, but really it's an invitation to, to know that you Get to pray to God that you, you don't have to be within the temple. You, you don't have to be uh, in a certain uh, physical geographical location. You don't have to be with uh, Pastor Tyler. You don't have to be with uh, Pastor Lisa to usher you in and worship. But you can go into your secret place at home. And secret just means a, 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 a quiet place, a set apart place that you and the Lord are alone together. That it is a, a privilege to have have individual intimacy with the Lord. So he's encouraging them to, to pray that you, you're really missing out on a strength and a power and intimacy if you think that you're only going to pray to impress people. 
And when you pray, verse 7, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Ooh, he was calling people out. Ooh. The thing is, the thing is, as Gentiles do, Gentiles did not know the way of the Lord. And so they were, they, uh, they were worshiping idols. And so really, they were really confused. They had an idol for this. They had an idol for that. They had a God. They tried to pray for a lowercase g for this. And so they just, a whole bunch of words. They kind of like, let's throw some words on the wall, see what sticks. And so, but that's not how we pray, that we don't have to uh, come to God with a formula. But we can come to God with a heart. And as we pray, we believe that God hears us. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Oh, what a sweet tenderness of the Lord that that when words, um, you have no words to say sometimes in hard moments that the Lord already knows. And and even Romans, Paul uh, commends the church there that that when there are uh, two uh, Things you're going through are too inexpressibly hard that the spirit of God, uh, 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 there's like groanings, Paul says, that, that, that he intercedes for us uh, on our behalf. And so thanks be to God that we have the spirit of God to pray to God. So he then begins uh, and teaches them, well, pray like this then. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so from the get-go, Jesus orients our heart to pray in a lens of community. He says, our father, he says, give us our daily bread, forgive us as we have forgiven our debtors. Prayer is both individual and collective. Jesus is teaching us not only to pray in regards of ourselves, but for others. And on the outside, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I pray for people or what have you. But really, uh, it is a picture of it's not I pray for me, then I pray for you. Because what happens, especially in the Western culture, we can take our consumeristic mindset and it can be easy to say, I'm going to take what's mine first mentality and then I can pray for you. This idea of scarcity mindset. Have you, you don't believe me? Let's wind the clock back a couple uh, uh, years ago, not even that far to COVID. You know good and well, you didn't need that much toilet paper. All that water, well, maybe the water, but still, leaving people like it was uh, the the end, the world was going to end. Jesus, come take me now. Um, We we are such hoarders, and when it comes uh, to a time of, uh, of pain and a time of, I don't know if I'm going to make it, when hardship comes, we get a self-preservation mode and then it becomes well I'm gonna pray for me and then when I get mine I'll pray for you if there's anything left over in a couple of months you'll be able to see that when it comes to Black Friday shopping how many love Black Friday shopping oh there's you there's a couple of people we're praying for you 
the, 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 you can see the mob mentality when it comes to the individualistic, I'm going to take mine, and if there's something left over, then you can have it. And, and so we're, if we're not careful, you're like, well, I don't really do that with prayer, but, but if we're not careful, because I know many of people have said this, I don't have enough time, I barely have enough time for my job and my family, I can't serve at church. I just have enough money to pay my bills and keep my house up and maybe the occasional uh, trip here and there with my family, but I can't be generous with my money. My personal relationships are really rocky right now. I have no bandwidth to invest in community. These are easy lies that we live into because, uh, because we are in self-preservation mode because we have allowed a scarcity mindset not to trust that God, the God we pray to, is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord of your provision. And so Jesus is uh, in a countercultural way saying it is not you than I or you verse I, but it is we. That uh, even I am reminded uh, now that uh, he says in Jeremiah to pray for the city that he has exiled them to because they were disobedient once again. But he says, I want you to pray for this city uh, because if they prosper, you prosper. And so in the same way, it is not uh, I pray for me, then I pray for you, but I pray for us because your blessing is connected to mine and my deliverance is connected to yours. And, and if you mourn, I mourn. If you're happy and celebrate, I celebrate. So there is a collective we that Jesus is teaching in prayer. Then he goes and he says the first line, Father in heaven, mm, talking directly to God. This again should be mind blowing. To us that that we should flood our heart with gratitude that you get to talk directly to him that it's not a trivial thing that the access to his presence is not something that we should take lightly and if we were uh, going to be 100 uh, and we were going to have some real talk the filthy sinner and vile god hater has been fully forgiven and debt canceled so that we could have the full attention of the holy 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 one and so you're like that's that's really intense, Michael. I don't think we're, this, it's not, you don't have to do all that. Um, but scripture, uh, Romans chapter 1, 28, 32, this is how uh, the Lord uh, says that you are before you are uh, saved and trust in Jesus. Um, you had all manner of unrighteousness. You're evil. You covet and are jealous. You're malicious. You're full of envy, full of murderous intent. You are strifeful. You're deceitful. You are gossipers. You are slanderers. You're haters of God. You're insolent. You're haughty. You're boastful. You're inventors of evil. You're disobedient to parents. That's somebody for the first row. Um, you are, uh-oh, uh-oh. You are foolish, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. That's who you were. You was in that list. And so God saved you and then gave you the opportunity to have face to face with him. And so he says, father in heaven, that it should not um, be lightly that we take that we get to call him father, that you are adopted and brought into the family. And so let us not forget the condition to which God saved us. But it's because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence, Ephesians 3.12. And so really, Father in heaven is twofold. So I want you to take um, uh, a, a trip with me um, and say, we're, we're packing, okay? You got your things. How many people are an overpacker? 
my people. Hallelujah. You just never know. You just never know. You need at least three outfits per day. Somebody, at least four pair of underwear each day. Somebody, come on. And our, come on. You better, come on. Um, and so, how many are like, it is what it is. It's just, we gonna, we gonna, I, there's a store where I'm going. There's Amazon. We're praying for you. Come on. Um, so, we're, on, we're going on a trip, okay? We're going out of the country, all right, so get your passport ready. Uh, probably, hopefully that didn't fill anybody with worry and anxiety. Where's my passport? Where, I don't, where's, my social, I, where's my social security card? But so you get your passport ready, we're going to get ready to fly out of the country. And we're we having a good time. But then you make a mistake. You get arrested. Yeah. Yeah. I'm able to come back <laughs> to the country. <laughs> but you still... But, <laughs> Hey, but I'm praying. <laughs> I'm praying for you. You get stuck in this country, and they don't really speak English that well. I don't know where we're at, but maybe, you know, the communication is kind of hard. They, get, they say, oh, maybe we're going to Russia, but uh, not, they speak English. But uh, just uh, to intensify the, 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 the ante, up the ante here. So it's Russia. You know the tension between the U.S. and Russia. It's not good. But suddenly we go to Russia. Don't know why we'd go there, but we go to Russia. You're in prison. They give you one phone call to make. And you're like, okay, well, you think about two people. You think about, I can call my dad. Maybe he can help. Well, I don't know about you. Maybe I don't know everybody in here, but I, I don't know what your father does. But I guarantee you he, he's not uh, powerful uh, to, to move Putin's hand in that way. Uh, so though your father may care about you, he does not have the capacity or the power to free you. But then you think about, oh, maybe I can call. I know who to call. Joe Biden. <laughs> Let me call the president. But you, you're like... I, one, I don't even have his number. And even if I did reach him, you'd like, he'd see on, on the, hey, Jorge Alvarez. What? I just, what? I, who is this? Like you, you would like, you have no relationship with him. And so he may have the power, the capacity of the power, but doesn't have the bandwidth to care. And a lot of times, and this is what Jesus is addressing, a lot of times we're either in one boat or the other when we pray. We either think that we have a a loving father who doesn't have the power to intervene in my situation, or we think of him as a president with all the power and sovereign, but has no capacity to care about little old me. And so Jesus says that uh, he addresses father in heaven. So one, he takes the, the care of a father, but also the transcendence of being in heaven. And so he's saying your father is both a caring and all powerful God so that when you pray, he cares and he has the ability to see about your need. And so he 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 says then um, before we move on, just as a reminder, first Peter five, six through seven, it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time you may, uh, uh, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So we have the mighty hand of God, here's the power, and then casting your cares on him because he cares for you, that there is power and care and they're not mutually exclusive. And then he goes on to say, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. This is the first and foremost priority. That let everything else that we pray for be modeled 
and shaped by the valuing of these. When he says, hallowed be thy name, uh, it is a verb saying, God, make your name holy. Cause your name to be reverence. Let every area of my life give you honor and glory. This orients our heart to the purpose of our existence, the, namely to worship God. And also reminds us of the truth that we uh, are in need uh, to honor God. That it can be easy for us to, uh, uh, it can be so easy for us not to pray, but that we would be shaped by our own wills and desires, but that we're praying that his name would be reverence and that his name would be holy, that he's saying you have to intentionally pray this because it is not something that comes natural to you, that you don't naturally just want to make God's name holy. You don't want to just reverence the Lord, that there are powers at play and your flesh at play that wants to defame the name of the Lord. But he says you have to be intentional about praying, hallowed be your name. And then he goes, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so let's uh, be perfectly clear here. God does not need your help to accomplish anything but yet he chooses to invite us in it is the confidence of his sovereignty that we have to come to him in prayer boldly and so yes the lord is all sovereign but he has wisely and decisively chosen to uh to interact and and be present in this present world through your prayer and so he, Jesus is saying that you should pray that his will be done, your kingdom come on earth. That isn't it amazing that your prayers have the ability to have an eternal impact. That the, word, the, the words that leave your lips and with, with faith uh, posture of your heart, to, that God uses those things, that God uses you in that way. Five minutes before you get up uh, uh, in the morning to do about your things. All it takes is five minutes and you have an eternal impact. Oh, what a privilege and an honor and a gift that is. He says, your will be done. Jesus is teaching us how to pray because it's so hard for us to naturally desire and want the Lord's desires over ours. A prayer uh, in what he's teaching reorients our heart to see the value of what is most important, that trusting God is what is best, that he realigns our heart for him. And so Jesus is teaching us to pray because it transforms our mind from our appetites shaping our view of Jesus to the view of Jesus shaping our appetites. Here's what I mean by this. In John chapter 6, 14 through 15, um, we, we, after Jesus had a whole fresh fry and he had a buffet and he fed the people, um, the, the people were like, oh, okay, we, he, let him cook. He's a chef. All right. And so they were coming to Jesus to find Jesus again. And they say, uh, you must be uh, the, uh, the, the Messiah. And so I'll actually read uh, verse 14. It says, when the people saw the sign that he had done, referring to the buffet, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. 15, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. That here, it was their appetite that drove them to see Jesus as king. Not them seeing as, uh, Jesus as king to drive what they should desire and what their appetite was. That Jesus values being savior so much than giving you a sign. That Jesus values being shepherd over ending your singleness. That Jesus values being right, you being right with him over you being rich 
for him. Jesus values being king over your comfort. And so there are ways in which this uh, God is, Jesus is teaching us to pray this way so that our appetites would not shape the way that we pray, but our view of Jesus would shape our appetites in how we pray. And so Jesus is so much uh, more about you praying for his spirit than a strategy. And so, and out of that, then he says that if you acknowledge me in all your ways, I will uh, make your path straight. That it is his spirit before strategy. And, And so when we pray, the end result is not what we have asked in prayer, but our end result is the person of prayer. And so really, uh, Jesus, um, uh, as a quick uh, example, uh, he, he, he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it says in Luke chapter 22, and when Jesus came out and went as it was accustomed, his custom to, the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter temptation. And he withdrew from them a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Uh, so just a little bit of context. Jesus is about to face the, the cross, the, the cup of wrath for yours and I's sin. And uh, he, he, he says there's this tension here, though he is divine and, and God and uh, him coming down, he was already obe- willing to be, be obedient to death. But here we see a tension that lies that, that, that he is fully human and does not want to endure this, this wrath in this cup and he says if 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 this be your will remove this cup but nevertheless not my will but yours be done and then he appeared to him then there appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthening him and being in agony he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground and then he rose from prayer and he came to his disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow and he said to them why are you sleeping Rise and pray that you may not enter temptation. So two things I just want to draw uh, quickly from this text is first, Jesus went up to the Mount of Olives to pray just as he was accustomed to. It is interesting that trials have a way in our lives to put pressure to to, to say what you are accustomed to because Jesus was accustomed to praying, but the disciples obviously were accustomed to sleeping. It was for sorrow that he began to pray, but for sorrow they began to sleep. And so really it is hard to... uh, withdraw what you don't deposit. It is hard to play what you don't practice. And so if you are going to have a meaningful prayer life when hard things come uh, to you, which is uh, said in the Bible that you're going to see hard times. If you're going to get through with prayer, you got to start praying now before those hard times comes because uh, a lot of times your prayer life can't hold the weight of the storms that you're going through because all you know is Lord bless this food. Amen. But what is Lord bless this food? Amen going to do when you lose your job what is it going to do when you get that cancer diagnosis and you're like lord bless this food amen if that is your only exercise of faith in prayer it is not going to be able to hold the weight of life circumstances and a spiritual attack uh, as an example mark 9 uh, the disciples um, come across this man who has a son who is demon possessed and the demon causes him uh, to go into the uh, the water to be drowned and go into the fire to be burned and so he brings this man to the disciples of Jesus. Jesus says, can you deliver my son? And they, they pray uh, and they couldn't do it. 
uh, they could not do, uh, they could not cast out the demon. And so uh, they bring uh, them to Jesus and Jesus says, uh, this perverse and faithless generation, how long do I have to be with you? Cast the demon out. And then the disciples take him aside and say, hey, Jesus, what, what a, hold up, what a minute. You gave us authority. Why could we do it? And he says to them, some of these things only go out by prayer and fasting, that the level of their faith and the capacity to which they had uh, prayed and fasted did not meet the level of which they needed in order to cast out the demons. So there are times in your life that you're going to need to be able to pull out some real prayer. And it's not to say that Lord bless his food, amen, is not a good prayer if prayed in faith, but it is to say that there are different weights to your prayer life. If that's the only way that you know how to to um, to interact with God, then the, the shallow and the more infrequent your prayer is, the more shallow and infrequent your intimacy with the Lord is. And so bigger prayer, bigger power. And so bigger access to the Lord and, and being face to face with God. He's saying that's how you overcome the evils of this world. And so that's why Paul says, Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, constant in prayer. He says to the church at Philippi, he says to pray by everything, by prayer and supplication. Uh, And then he gives some more instruction and he says, practice these things. You got to practice prayer. And so this is where I want to end and the worship team can come up. That as Jesus is finishing the... um, Lord's prayer. He says a couple more statements that I'm just going to do fly by. So I cannot do them justice, but he says, give us our daily bread. So after you have acknowledged the Lord, after you had prayed his will, your hearts are aligned. Now you can supplicate to the Lord, ask your request. And so there's a daily dependence on Jesus. He says, give us our daily bread. He didn't say weekly bread. He didn't say every six months bread, but he says daily bread, that there is a daily dependence on the Lord that you need. And then he goes on to say, forgive us of our sins. Somebody need to repent in the house uh, that we need. A, 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 every Christian needs to have a rhythm of repentance. You know, you shouldn't have said that yesterday. Ask the Lord forgiveness. You, sh- you know you shouldn't have done that yesterday. Ask the Lord for forgiveness. You know that you should have done that and you should have said that. The Lord was leading you to go pray and you didn't go pray. The Lord was leading you to be the answer to prayer to someone, but you didn't. But that the Lord is saying you have communion with me and he says in 1 John uh, that if you are, uh, uh, if you confess your sins that he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from your sin. That That's the God that we have, that Jesus Jesus is saying that there should be a rhythm of repentance in your life uh, in prayer. And then he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so in this way, he's saying um, there are two ways that you uh, that theologians and historians have uh, interpreted this part of the prayer. God does not lead you to evil. dive into sin and to evilness as James explicitly says he's not a tempter of man to evil but in this way the lead could be uh, God I am prone to these inclinations God would you direct my path in such a way that I uh, would not allow my flesh to be tempted and in or another way could uh, be for the temptation temptation doesn't have to mean sin but it could mean a trial that God that you wouldn't lead me into a certain 
certain way of testing that you would preserve my life in this way. And so there are key models that that, the first is the Lord, that you're honoring the Lord uh, and and that you're praying his will. And then how do you know his will if you don't know his word? And so it is important that you pray scripture. And so here here we are giving... uh, getting tools from the text to God. This is your will for my life and praying those things. And as you come in alignment with your will, then you can supplicate, make your request be made known unto God. Then you can repent, asking for forgiveness. And he was faithful and just to forgive you every single time. His grace and mercy, his mercies are new every morning. And so um, uh, we're going to get a moment to, uh, we're going to take five minutes. We're going to practice this prayer. Uh, One way that um, people have practiced this prayer to remember uh, kind of the components of it. There is no formula to it. It is how you uh, will, uh, but there is uh, going to be a picture up here that you can also take a picture of your phone of, and many of you have heard it. It's called the Acts uh, Method, and it kind of uh, comes from the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the Acts Method, A, is adoration, that you're telling God how amazing He is. Uh, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that your name is holy. Would you make your name holy in my life? Then there's confession, confessing your sins and asking for forgiveness. There's thankfulness, there's thanksgiving, and there is supplication. And so uh, this is a very practical message because you can do face-to-face with the Lord right now. And and, and so what we're going to do, we're going to take a moment. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a quick adoration prayer, and then you're going to go in silently um, or out loud. Come on, somebody, um, for about 30 seconds, and then we're going to move on to confession, thanksgiving, and then we're going to uh, supplicate together. And so uh, we're going to do A, God, you are so amazing. God, there is nobody like you on the throne. God, your word has said you are from your everlasting to everlasting. God, your word says that you are alpha and you're omega. God, you are amazing. God, you are up high. God, you are transcendent. You are a father in heaven. God, your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. We're so thankful to uh, inquire your presence today. Lord, we love you. And so on your own, would you just take a moment to, uh, to adore your God. And then move on to see, confess that maybe there's some things that you thought or you've said or, or didn't say or, or done that, you know, or just doesn't please the Lord. You just may have missed the mark a little bit. Um, God's grace covers and he's so faithful and he, he just wants you to confess those things that you don't have to bury the burden and that there is no shame. There is no guilt. Romans 8, 1 says, there's now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so lay that burden on the Lord that he is faithful and just, not just to forgive you, but to cleanse you.
and then thanksgiving. Um, adoration is more about who God is and thanksgiving. Uh, you can thank God for who he is, but also thank God for what he's done, namely the cross. You can thank the Lord for being the ultimate sacrifice that you no longer uh, have to bear the weight of your sin, but you can come to him, all who labor and all who are weary, and he will give you rest. Thank for the ways that he woke you up this morning, that he put food on your table, that he put clothes on your back, that you were able to drive here. Thank you, God. We live in a country, God, that we are not worried about persecution, but God, we can preach your gospel and sing about your name, Lord, open and freely, God. Thank you for your word. There's many things to be thankful for. Would you go into thanking for the ways that Lord, the Lord has opened doors in your life? In S supplication, we're going to kind of do this together. The Lord put on my heart three groups of people that I want to pray for. Uh, And the first group of people um, are people uh, who you're praying for some wisdom for the Lord. You have maybe a big decision uh, that you um, need wisdom for. You're navigating a new season. You're thinking about transitioning uh, jobs or uh, uh, you're in a new relationship. You've just been praying for the Lord. God, would you help me in this area um, asking for wisdom? If that's you, I'm going to ask you to be a little bit more bolder today. I'm going to ask that we're going to pray together collectively for you. If that's you, would you stand? If you're asking, or you want to stand in proxy, you know someone in your family needs wisdom from the Lord and a decision that they need to make. Would you stand this morning? And I just want to quickly pray uh, with you. You can just stand for right where you are. Um, And so, yes, the Lord uh, sees. um, God, we thank you. Um, And so, uh, yeah, if you are asking for wisdom from the Lord, you have a decision you need to make, or you have um, things that you uh, need need to put before the Lord to give you wisdom for. Uh, God, you said that in James that we can ask in faith because you are generously giving of wisdom. And so here we are. We know that your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. And so, God, I pray as they put these decisions before you, as they're navigating or maybe treading new waters, Lord, or, or maybe transitioning or entering a new, a new season, God, that your spirit is with them. Lord, and you will direct them. You said, God, in Proverbs, that if we acknowledge you in all our ways, that you would uh, direct us and make our path straight. And so, God, you know the need on their hearts. You know what they're asking uh, for uh, prayer for, what decisions they need to make, God. So, God, who is graciously generous in giving wisdom, God, would you give that uh, to them, not for their namesake, for your namesake, God, that they would be wise, God, that they would make your name uh, holy, that your name would be reverenced, that... uh, your name might be lifted up high, that others uh, might see the ways that you have seen about them and given them favor, Lord, uh, that they may, that others may know you, God, that this decisions would ultimately lead to further intimacy with you, further being planted in the church and the house of God. And so we're thankful that you are faithful to do that, Lord. And so would you remove that burden, lift that burden in the name of Jesus, you know, Lord, and you see and you care and we thank you in Jesus name we pray. Amen.
The, the second uh, group of people that was on my heart to pray for uh, was those, if you're struggling with mental health, so that could be stress, that could be anxiety, that could be depression, suicidal ideation, eating disorder, loneliness, fear, thoughts of self-harm, addiction, or you can stand in proxy for someone that's not here in the, in the building and it's called intercession, or if that's for you, if you would, would you just stand? I want to, we're going to pray together in prayer and faith for you that the Lord is going to move on your behalf or the, or the person that you're standing for, that God, you see, God, you care. And so we're thankful, Lord, that in many ways, God, you have said, just as you said to the people of Israel, fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And the same God back then is the same God now. God, would you be present? God, those fears and anxieties, God, would you uproot any lie of the enemy that would come against the truth and knowledge of your word? God, they would know that your love for them cast out fear. God, that they would know, Lord, that you are upholding them. God, even when their feelings don't match up with what you said, God, I pray, God, that you would speak life over their situation. God, that you would give them a peace. God, you said in your word that if our minds are stayed on you, God, you would keep us in perfect peace. And so, God, I pray not just for moments of peace, but God, I pray that they would encounter the Prince of Peace. And God, that they would have access to your presence. God, be able to cast your cares daily on you, Jesus whatever it be addiction whether it be loneliness provide community God whether it be suicidal ideation God I pray God that you would give them a a, a hope God knowing that you are hope that that there it is not too bleak it is not over but God you see them and you care God I pray for a covering of their mind that the peace of God would surpass that surpasses all understanding would guard their hearts and guard their minds God I don't know the specific prayers of each of their hearts but God you do God you see and you care and God we're thankful that we get to have a face to face with you in these hard and intense moments. God, you said you'll never leave nor forsake us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And then the last group that I, I want to pray for, if, if you're asking the Lord for a physical healing, um, if there's an ailment in your body or, or you want to stand in proxy for someone that you know needs some uh, physical healing, would you stand? God, you see. Hmm. God, when we say thank you and we're praying together in faith, God, everyone standing in this room, God, uh, we know, Lord, that whether it be on this side of heaven or the other, God, that healing is promised because of the stripes that you endured on the cross. And so, God, we're praying that the healing would be on this side of heaven. God, you know those specific uh, doctor's appointments. God, you know, uh, God, the, the, the diagnosis. You know, God, the ailments that they haven't told anyone, the things that just don't seem right. God, would you give them wisdom and how to navigate, Lord, and take care of the body? And also, God, would you just do the miraculous? And so we're just open-handedly, God, praying your will, knowing that you are Jehovah Rapha, the God uh, that heals. And so here we are with open hands giving this to you. God, would you see? God, would you uh, hear our prayer? God, would you heal in a special way because of what your son has did on the cross? God, from the crown of their head to the soles of your feet, would your anointing of healing, would it flow? God, we're just beseeching you, interceding on behalf of the brothers and 
and sisters here in this community, God, that you would see about them and those who are online, Lord, who have raised their hand, who are standing in proximity. God, that you are an omnipresent God, that you're just not face to face with here with us, God, but you're wherever they're connected. And so, God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. We're confidently that you hear our prayer. God, that you answer our our prayer, God. And so we're thankful for the many ways that you're going to uh, use these moments to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.